Good day, everybody. Welcome to the Got Brain podcast presented by Cognitivology, where we will continuously discuss and present in detail the mechanics of intuitive intelligence that are built on our inborn basic intuition. Plus, we will also be presenting the true mechanics and virtues of diversification. Now, you may be pondering, what do these two things have in common? And this is something we will continue to present and unfold for you about the significant connection between these two facets of our human potential. I would like to introduce myself. I am Carla Mencken-Wolf and also my wonderful best friend and editor, Bryce Conway. And she's going to say something. What would you like to say? Hi, everybody. My name is Bryce Conway, as Carla Mencken-Wolf had just said. Uh, I wanted to say that we are, in fact, the mechanics of intuition and diversification. I hope you guys enjoy uh, our presentation and stick around for others. Uh, we, we welcome all comments and questions. Um, we will try to answer them all throughout the next couple of weeks or months, and hopefully on this journey of brain potential the discovery you guys will learn something um this information is only uh was developed by us and only can be presented by cognitivologists which is what we are and we also hope to learn something from you as we from all of you in our audience as we learn about the questions and inquiries you have about true human brain potential or the genuine, bona fide, authentic potentialities of what our brain has intended us to be and become in all of our commonality and our uniqueness. Hello. And hello from me. And uh, we are sort of semi-continuing our conversation from last time that we recorded. Yes. And um, we gave some more dimension to some of the things that we were, uh, that were going, what that was going through both of our minds before we started recording today. True. We were going. We were. We were. We were reviewing uh, the ideas of uh, learning from consequences, or uh, and people who run by the philosophy that you can only learn from failure. And you had some really fantastic things to say about that. I mean, we both have the same things to say, but but you have a different spin on the way it's viewed. True. Which was, and your rendition of it was far more excellent than mine. I mean, I can get very, you know, wordy and, and, and techy in, in terms of words and explaining why 
those ideas are so ridiculous and inconsistent with real brain potential. <laughs> and, and so I would like you to elaborate more, but I'm just laughing at myself now for saying um, uh, earlier we we had laughed, and I think you laughed more at me <laughs> saying, well, maybe you should never be saying that. So I'm going to say it here as a rule, but I said to you that there are so many times in the past few years where people have said something and I've always been very tempted or I forget at that moment to say something holds me back. Maybe maybe this is the time when I start saying it because now I'm getting a little more adamant about just laying down the letter of the law where brain law is concerned. But when people say things that are completely inconsistent with how the brain really works, instead of trying to explain it to them, I just really want to do my little... Um, I guess my my sarcasm response because I'm I'm hardly a person that was blessed with the whole tact charm charisma thing. I wish I was like I just totally admire people who are like that. Mm-hmm. I know a certain somebody a man on the other side of the world who's like that. Um but <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure he never listens to my podcast, so anyway. Um I, I'm, I'm completely the opposite. I'm, I'm kind of, am I non-sympathetic? Uh, nothing of the sort. I'm compassionate, but I, I, I guess I've hung around enough kids. Actually, you're almost compassionate to a fault. Yeah, I think so. Because. I think I am. Because um, that compassion actually makes you, unfortunately, take the position of, I I care about your well-being and your soul and your life so much that I have to give you the information that real brain development goes like this. Right. Even though 99% of the people out there... (laughs) I think 99.9% of the people... Well, I was hoping that a percent was actually listening to us. <laughs> yes, so yes, I yes. I was giving those people. <laughs> those people deserve, yes, definitely. They deserved kudos of, of in fact, wanting to hear right. um, the how true right. brain development actually works. Mm-hmm. However, again, because you do come from a place of compassion, optimism, right. um, and the whole cocktail code, you uh, overshare. I overshare, <laughs> which is why I have a podcast. It's true. So, which is why yeah. we will never ever run but, out of content. Uh, which is why I, which is why I think that you know my retort, which would be when somebody says something that makes zero sense in terms of real intuitive intelligence, I want to say, well, that would, or they 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 spout some, you know typical memes that people say over, you know, be positive or do this or do that and, and, you know, be forgiving. And it's like, I want to say, okay, that what, whatever, whatever the memes are, um, that I want to say, okay, that, that it, that's inconsistent with real brains of them or that idea would, would really work if, it was consistent with real brain development or um, I mean, I have some other ways. I think they're a little bit more sarcastic. Maybe I'm refraining from saying them right now. Okay. (laughs) 
Stay tuned for more on, on the release of the sarcasm from, from Carla. Well, it's just basically like that idea would really work if it worked with real brain development, but it fails to work, and which is why we find ourselves repeating it all the time because we somehow really trust that idea, believe in it. But right. if it, it was really you know, consistent with the mechanics of intuitive intelligence, then it would just stick like that. Mm-hmm. And it would be unnecessary for people to constantly repeat it or preach it or proselytize it, which is what, I mean, I'm proselytizing what I, I guess I over talk the whole issue because I'm really the only person in the world talking about it. So True. <laughs> True. But I, unfortunately, it, it, it really uh, falls on deaf ears 95%, 99% of the time. Right. Um, and, and, um, again, as we've talked about, you know, you, you do everything multidimensionally and I I, tend to do that. I believe that when you are talking to people, you are in fact vibrating at a multidimensional wavelength. I think my voice does. So probably hurts. Right. Or yeah. So I think that it's, well, the codes of what I'm saying too are, are commensurate or parallel with um i think the resonance in my voice because when you're spouting completely new ideas um or you're pioneering a certain type of work it's also the words you use are also going to have a different resonance to them because they're being coupled or synthesized with other words that maybe most people would never normally put in the same sentence together sure so um yeah. Hence your conundrum with use simpler words. Right. Well, I've up till now today, I've used some simple words, except for the commensurate. What, you know, if, if we were talking about, uh, uh, if we were talking about human reproduction activities, let's put it that way. And I were using those same words, people would understand them. Yes. Because they understand the topic of human reproductive activities. Mm -hmm. Right. So, for instance, if I said, I think we'll leave it out. (laughs) But you were saying before. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, are we jumping all over the place today? Well, if I said, you know, um, having. So so let's talk about (laughs) the failure. The other issue that we were talking about. Yeah, the failure learning thing. I want your take on it. You were saying. I, well, in, I was saying before that, and excuse the negation, but no parent wants to teach, wants to have their children fail. So to start off believing that the only way to teach someone is through failure is already a, a misnomer. It's It's ridiculous and inconsistent with parenting right today or any day because parents want what's best for their kids so why would the best that you want for them to be a failure that you insist somehow in your mind in some contorted belief system um i i do hear on some of the circles that i uh am connected to that especially in the entrepreneurial world where people say Oh, you can only learn from your failures, which is the most 
I'm going to have to say asinine thing that anybody could say, because I know that anybody who's learning from failures, first of all, I love what you said before about the failure learning connection. Can you say? Um, I said so many different okay, things. Okay, so are we talking about Einstein, uh, Edison, or are we talking about the fact that failure is just an excuse for the fact that you, in fact, now are looking back to the hindsight the, to the you know you're hindsighting yourself and you're coming up with an excuse instead of foresighting yourself because Be- we're supposed to have better foresight than anybody can have hindsight but our brains are designed designed for foresight right so the the excuse of in fact failing to use foresight is oh well i failed so i must learn from that however of course that's another conundrum because if you've learned from something then it is in fact not a and again sorry for the negation or you can say a non-failure See, she's better at that part than and I am. And it's, it's actually a success tactic. So and my take on it, so I, 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 I think that that's one dualistic part of it, which is an extremely important point. Mm-hmm. Um, my take on it is this, and I am absolutely certain about this. People who say that they've learned so much from their failures and that's why they're now successful in business or other things... I mean, if you loved learning so much from failure, why are you bothering to be successful in your business? That's one thing. But um, I think that people who say that they've all, you, you know, who, who have learned from the failures and, and then promote to other people that you can only learn from your failures fail to understand that if they understood brain development, really, it's impossible to only learn from one thing that this is where I get on the soapbox and like to talk about diversification because diversification means you're learning from everything and you're using all cognitive functions to learn all the time. So I think that when people say that who are successful and they tell others to learn from their failures, I think they're trying to say that in a coaching capacity, um, which is very sweet and sincere. But what they're failing to convey to people, um, which I think that they um, have an unconscious oversight themselves, is that those type of people who become successful have uh, missed uh, self-realizing that if they really thought that failure was a learning process, which actually makes it a successful process, but they are in fact making sure that they are learning all the time from all the things that they do. Right. They're either taking in observations or they're doing, you know, the so-called mainstream consciousness development, being aware, making observations, uh, taking the time to recognize other people's efforts, listening to them, which is another big topic in my mind, recently because you know my new definition on actually listening to someone other than just say keeping your mouth closed or or never interrupting but um 
I'd rather somebody interrupt me, but really receive what it is I'm saying. I think that that's really the underlying mechanism or characteristic to listening to somebody, to really receiving what they're saying. You know, if two people are talking, I think there's a certain dynamic where you sort of either, I mean, with the same idea that people will finish each other's sentences, you know, interruption and automatically has this, this bad, uh, aptitude, a bad aptitude attached to it. But if people really feel that you're receiving what they're saying, people really never have a problem with being interrupted. It's, it's, it's when other people that supposedly say that they're listening to you are, are, are completely unable to receive what it is you're saying. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, but the, um, the, the, the failure thing I think I like to just call it a reboot. Um, you know, if you if you're making a table out of wood and one of the legs is shorter, I mean, why would anybody classify that as a failure? You use your creative thinking and you restructure that leg, or you add a piece to it, or you go cut a new leg that's the same amount of centimeters as the other three legs of the table you cut. It's 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 um. Or you make it into a footstool. You make it into a footstool. You cut it in three pieces. You make it into <laughs> you keep a footstool. Down those lines. And if we're doing the precognitive, computational thinking, proper calibration, you know, mathematical preparation, which uh, involves something about measurement, there's a few numbers involved there. Mm -hmm. But sometimes people measure thing according to the. You know, the length of from their elbow to their wrist, or mm -hmm. they yeah. use a piece of string or whatever. So Absolutely. Math can be done in a lot of ways, precognitive math without numbers. And most of math is without numbers or non numerical. Um, but, and there, and all those characteristics that I just mentioned about someone who's learning all the time, whether it's observations or receiving what somebody's saying, doing the give and take. Um, intuiting what they mean, reciprocating, um, any, any, any of those types of characteristics are actually some, just some of the fundamental principles of math. Yes. So diversifying and, and, 